Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. said about this because he wrote this he said you should sing this so nonchalantly that you almost don't know you're singing it because it should be so known to you 
that you don't have to make it known to anybody. You just assume that the entire universe knows it. So he would scold us when we would play it really structured, you know. He'd say, no, 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 no. Play it like the jungle. And that means that everything grows on everything. So you would sing something like, We all are the people who are the people I love. Men and women, people all of today. Oh, we are the we keep up. Come on, come on, come on. The people that hold on. Men and women, love today. Sanam, yeah. Sanam, 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 Wahe Guru. We are the people, the people of love. Let us people today. We are the people, the people of love. Let us people love today sing in Sanam, 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 Wahi. Branch out, be daredevilish. Sanam, 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 Sanam. People alone, let us people love today. We are the people, the people alone, let us people love today. Sanam, 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 Sanam. Wahe Guru Sanam 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 Wahe Guru We are the people Sing it out People are love Let us people Love today We are the people People are love, let our people love today. Singing, Sanam, 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 sing it out now. Love. Let us people love 
boogeyman. Annihilate the boogeyman. And the kids, I, I don't think they're scared anymore. I think they're just laughing their fannies off at the stupidity of adults. Because you know what? You're the only adult in the room. And I don't mean this room. I mean most rooms. Because the only adult is the adult that's willing to speak. And the only adult is the adult that's willing to listen. And when you can speak and listen thoroughly, you come to a realization that sitting or standing across from you is you. And you got to get to know yourself. Because it's just a different angle than the angle that you're perceiving the world through your sensory system. But every system is perceiving the world. And every system, if added together, every sensory system, if added together, we then took the median line. The person would be a person of color. It would actually be a woman. And she would be very peace-oriented. That's the median line of all perspectives on Earth. The median line. A woman of color who believes in the peaceful environments that allow for nature to grow and for humanity to prosper. Mm. We got our work cut out for us, I'll tell you. But if we think it's going to be a big, overwhelming job, then we're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Because I'll tell you, if we show up for that work, that work's going to show up for us. That's just the nature of the universe. The nature of the universe is when you show up to do the job, the job shows up to be done. And when the job shows up to be done, the job gets done with the greatest of ease. Because the universe is on your team. Let's tune in. Inhale deeply. Ah, good, eh, 
Sadgure Name, Sadgure Name, Sri Gurudeve Name, Adgure Name, Jugadgure Name, Sadgure Name, Sri Gurudeve Name. Tonight, we're going to talk about that two-way road of your existence, what you receive and what you deliver. And there's an old saying that is completely ridiculous. Tis better to give than to receive. The yogis realize that anything along that nature, tis better to give than to receive, is stealing from yourself to try to buy your identity. You're basically begging with payment. Recognize me. Recognize me. Recognize me. You see, because ultimately, if it's better to give than to receive, then you refuse receiving and you keep on giving until you're empty. And then you're irritated. Then you're angry. We're going to get this <laughs> fixed. But until it is, just blend it in with everything else. Just go, oh, that's kind of nice. Because that's what I do. Because otherwise, you know, you need to be irritated. And so, there's another saying that is very appropriate, and that is a saying that uses the metaphor of a cup. My cup runneth over. My cup overflows. Now, this is the way to give. Because when your cup is overflowing and people are receiving from you, you don't even know that you're giving. So you're not taking credit for the giving. And if you're not taking credit for the giving, then you're not creating debt in those that receive. You're not keeping score. You know, those things that they call love, they're just negotiated truces. They have these things called prenuptial agreements. That's not prenuptial, that's pre-divorce. That's a pre-divorce agreement. You get nothing. I get to keep everything. So the reality is that this idea of my cup runneth over is that you are literally so inclined towards valuing yourself. You have thought of yourself in such high regard that you're just continuously filling up. And that is why Yogi Bhajan said, if there's any sin in the world, which I don't believe there is, but if there is one, it's feeling guilty or shame about anything. And then somebody always pulls the Hitler word on you. You know, wow, but what about Hitler? Or what if you killed somebody? You know, that's another Hitler word, you know, Hitler thing. He just looked at him and said, don't do it again. 
Learn your lesson. But the thing that happens when you feel guilty or shame is that it actually blocks your ability to learn your lesson. It's an emotion that consumes the bandwidth of your emotional body to such an extent that you can't feel anything else, including learning. And so avoid it like the plague. In our school in India, we reward mistakes equal to getting it right. Because a mistake represents that you had the courage to try something that you didn't know how to do or you didn't know the answer to. You just gave it your best attempt. When you reward mistakes, children are not afraid to open up and make mistakes. And when they're not afraid to open up and make mistakes, you will find that ultimately there's far fewer mistakes that are being made. Because they work through the mistakes really quickly. The internal system is just that way. That's the nature of nature. Nature tries something. If it doesn't work, it doesn't keep forcing it. Because if nature tries to keep forcing a mistake, it perishes. Do you know how a vine curls around something? The side of the vine that touches the stick stops growing. And the side of the vine that is away from contact keeps growing. So that means that it's like stopping a wheel and getting this wheel going, which is the way those you know, forklifts and different things work. Like the, what are those things called that people are riding on nowadays? Those. And so this wheel goes, this wheel doesn't, and so it goes like this. And then it just spirals upward because it's seeking the light. So that's how it grows around things. How long do you think it figured that, took to figure that one out, right? How many plants failed? They just went, <laughs> right? Well, after a million years of those mistakes, right? They figured it out, but it was because they rewarded those mistakes. Because if you have nobody that's ever made a mistake, then you've got people that are not prepared to get it right. So you reward everyone that makes mistakes, then you've got a bunch of people around figuring out, well, we know what not to do. We've tried everything, and we know what not to do. And now we'll be able to know what to do. So this is the two-way street that you live in. What do you receive, and what do you deliver? When you have mastered the two-way street, that is the basics. You learn to receive. Now, you know how many times you'll say to somebody, oh, thank you, and they say, don't, no, don't worry, don't, it was nothing, don't, don't worry. Or ask somebody, would you like a glass of water? No, I'm okay. I didn't ask if you were okay. I did not ask that question. I said, <laughs> because the amount of water that we're supposed to drink, no matter how often you ask somebody if you'd like a drink of water, they should be saying yes. Would you like a glass of water? Yes, thank you. And then when you're done with that, can I have another, please? Right? Because it's not like we're, you know, taking off an arm and saying, would you like an arm? And so we are so adverse to receiving. But once you learn to receive, your cup overflows, so you're giving. 
Now you've got to go with the next series of attitudes. What is your life vision? You should ask yourself this on occasion. What is your life vision? In other words, why do you exist? And it's not to pay your bills. You have bills, the bills have to be paid. That is not your vision. It's not even your mission, it's not your objective. It's none of these things, right? What is your vision? Why do you exist? Yogi Bhajan called it your... What is your whim? What's your whim? Why do you exist? He said as a teacher, he existed to create teachers that were ten times greater than he was. Because he said, if people can't know me from the fruit that's living long after I'm gone, then I wasn't worth the food that I was fed during my lifetime. What is your whim? What is your vision? Why do you exist? I want you to ask yourself that first thing in the morning when you wake up. Because most people ask themselves, how do I feel? It really doesn't matter how you feel. You've been laying on your bed all night long. <laughs> you don't deserve to feel anything other than just horizontal. <laughs> how do I feel? Horizontal. Right? I mean, no big deal. Just simple stuff. Ask yourself, why do I exist? First thing in the morning. After you've established why you exist, that's your vision, come to your mission. What are you going to do with your existence? Why do you exist? Figure that out. What are you going to do with your existence? That's your mission. And then you come to a place where you're thinking about values and principles. While I'm doing this, what do I value? And what, do the, what are the principles that I apply, the valuable principles that I apply to what I am here to, to do? So you've got your vision, your mission, your values, and your principles. And now it's, it's time for logic because vision is not logical. To a four-year-old, the four-year-old's vision is, why do I exist? I exist because I'm a fireman or I'm a, you know, that's not logical. That's fantasy. That's fantastic. And your vision should be equally as fantastic. So once you go through that magical feminine side of all of what you are, why do you exist? 
What are you going to do? It's got to be bigger than his. It's got to be bigger than his logical. It's got to be bigger than his reasonable. In other words, it has to be unreasonable. You must be accused of being unreasonable, otherwise you're playing it safe. Because you know most people, because they don't want to seem out of place, they are actually registering, what is my environment willing to allow me to be? And as they are, if the, the environment could be just one other person that you're talking to. What is my environment willing to allow me to be? My attitude is, what is my environment willing to allow me to be? And then let me be absurdly multiples of that allowance. Because if you can be something that is completely unbelievable, then the odd thing is you're unbelievable. And when you're told that, wow, you're unbelievable, it's usually a compliment. I can't believe what you're capable of doing. You've got to be able to say that to yourself. Because if you're just doing what you believe you can do, you're not doing enough. Not enough to satisfy the fact that you exist. Do you realize how much value you have? Do you realize how valuable you are? If you were offered a hundred trillion dollars to give up your life, would you go, okay, just shoot me? No, you're worth a lot. So in the logical part, after all of that grandiose belief system, which is very important, extremely important, you got to figure out, okay, what are my strategies? What are my objectives? And what are my tasks? My tasks accomplish my objectives. My objectives fit into my strategies. My strategies are directly applied by my principles and values. My principles and values come out of my mission. My mission is attached to my strategies and my objectives and my tasks. And it's all based on why do I exist, my vision. And it's your personal business plan. And what business means is what Yogi Bhajan said, it's a busy nest. Because you'll be very busy if you, if you get this all working. Because each day, each day, you're absolutely certain that you're going to receive more than you give. Why do you have to make certain that you receive more than you give? Because otherwise you can't overflow. And if you can't overflow, you cannot have unconditional love. Because if you're not overflowing, then you're parsing out your allotments. (laughs) 
It's kind of like you're listening to me on an old 78 recording, you know, that was recorded in 1927. 1927, Guru Singh used to teach at Yoga West. We have a gramophone, right? Somebody would, somebody please crank up the gramophone and we'll listen to Guru Singh. <laughs> oh gosh. Can you get on board? Can you get on board? So, <laughs> ghost in the works, right? So to get on board, we have to stretch into our basics. We have to stretch into our body glove. We have to watch our intakes. We have to discipline our intakes, our physical intakes. We have to eat gentle food. That doesn't mean you can't have a spicy meal. That means you can't have a meal that screams. You've got to have gentle food. Once we get our physical intake, you have to have your psycho-emotional intake also well-disciplined. What emotions are you going to take in? If you're not going to take in the emotions that may be around you, because if you start being unreasonable, people will start having equal reactions. They will be unreasonable with their demands. You've got to stop doing that. <laughs> How many times have you heard that in your life? And preferably you ignored it most every time, except when something was truly incorrect. Because you have to do that which is unreasonable. Because reason is logic. Logic is based on what's previously been done. And if you're not doing anything to exceed what is previously being done, then you're not contributing to evolution. You're contributing to the annihilation of life. Does that make sense? So you must be with each day contributing to the evolution of life, which means that you have to have a few moments of completely unreasonable activity. You must exceed what's been done before. That's why the current education system is not education. It's slave trading, training, trading too perhaps. It's just going to train you so that you can do enough, so that you've got to go out and do enough that you can pay the bills that are just enough to get you by. The cost of college, meaningless. I think the entire student body should just default on their loans and just give the Saturn salute to their credit score. Because, let's face it, with that much debt for a college degree, you're never going to be able to buy anything anyway. You don't need credit. You're never going to be able to buy a house. You're not going to be able to buy anything of, of true value. But you've got a meaningless education. 
that taught you how to footnote everything, which means that you didn't make up anything new. You just read what's already been said and then you copied it and footnoted it. That is not education. Somebody once said, we learn the first five years of our life incredible things like how to walk, how to talk, how to balance your body on two legs, how to speak a language or two or three. You go to school and on the first day they tell you, sit down and shut up. Wow! How dishonoring to the first five years of what was truly an education. In other words, I'm just giving you an example of how outrageously unreasonable you must begin to communicate in this world. They say it's going to take 1.2 billion dollars to remedy what they've done in the small town of Flint, Michigan. 1.2 billion dollars. And today, the Michigan legislature offered 27 million. That's what reasonable gets you. And that doesn't even deserve this. So you must be a rebel, you must be unreasonable, you must be nonviolent, you must be absolutely you, your vision, your mission. Because this is a moment in the universe history that you were sent here to master. It's not bigger than we are. It isn't. It is not bigger than we are. We have this thing covered. <laughs> you, you and me. We got this covered. You get into the reason that you exist, the unreasonable reason that you exist as your vision. I get into mine. We get together. We start lifting this planet. <laughs> We're good. We're good, aren't we? Hmm? And none of us, none of us, I'll be around for another 70, 80 years. Don't worry. We're all centurions. Because dying is a habit. Break the habit. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Standing ovation in the... Because if you're only around for 80 or 90 years, nobody cares. But if you're around for 135 years and still going strong, everybody cares. <laughs> and that's 
how we trick the system. Because everybody's going to want to know, how do you do it? And you're going to tell them, well, you just have to be unreasonable. Because you know dying is reasonable. <laughs> right? You just have to be completely unreasonable. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.